Hi everybody, welcome back to uh, another episode of You're Wrong, I'm Right. This ep- this week we are uh, covering Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, because it just came out on Netflix and, you know, it's a, it's a classic movie. Um, so, once again, it's jo- you're joining uh, me, the host, Cameron, along with uh, Bodie and Robbie. Hello. And, uh, Hello. Yeah. Let's kick it off, Robbie. Alright. I have a really interesting history with uh, Raiders of Lost Ark and Indiana Jones in general. So, growing up, I, as a child, I always watched Jurassic Park. I always watched Jaws. Those were the two Spielberg films I indulged myself in the most growing up. And I remember watching Indiana Jones and Raiders never did anything for me as a kid. And then, like, Temple of Doom never did anything for me. Um... Last Crusade I loved, and Crystal Skull I remember being indifferent on, but I wanted to find an excuse to watch Raiders again and see that if my opinion would change and if my stance stood as far as like me not liking Raiders, because I, I didn't like the movie for a long time, but revisiting it, it I think it's because I didn't watch it that much growing up, but it felt really refreshing revisiting Raiders of the Lost Oak, and I had a ball watching it. I do have some slight issues with some of the editing and the pacing, but Vader's for Lost Ark is an example to why I always say Steven Spielberg is the best filmmaker to ever live because of his diversity and how he's able to take general, um, p- pretty generic concepts, whether you're talking about Indiana Jones or Jaws or Jurassic Park, and just elevates them with sheer craftsmanship. The action scenes in this movie Oh, so much fun. They're so ridiculous, but it's endlessly watchable. Harrison Ford is endlessly charismatic in this film. Um, who, who plays um, who plays um the the female in the movie? Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Karen Allen also is a fantastic uh, co-lead for him, and was probably the first, along with probably um Ellen Ripley, for being one of the better strong female co-led films to be released within that era of Hollywood in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, honestly, like I, I was just kind of swept up in this fun-filled adventure film with like really great cinematography, great sound editing, and just really great uh, breakneck, pace, breakneck pacing. And I'll get into some of my small nitpicks as we go along, but I, I was very surprised how much I actually really ended up liking Raiders by the end of the film. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so for me, actually, I didn't know that, that about you, Robbie, with uh, your past with it. Um, for me, I, as a kid, I always watched, like you, I always watched Jurassic Park, um, and I loved Star Wars, still do, and I <clears throat> I just kind of fell in love with Lucasfilm and my parents were the ones who introduced me to Star Wars because my dad had the original theatrical VHS tape still does but we don't have a VHS player anymore so it's kind of upsetting I kind of want to buy one to watch him but anyway so I fell in love with Star Wars and my parents then showed me Indiana Jones they're like well it's the same people who made Star Wars but it's actually in but it's a different director it's uh, the guy who made um, Jurassic Park and I was like ooh okay <laughs> and I watched it and I was 
blown away because I also realized I was like, oh, fuck, that's Han Solo, but that's not Han Solo. I love this. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, as a kid, I just loved it for the pure entertainment of it. I thought it was really, really cool. It was, wasn't really anything I've seen before. It it, it just, it just like Robert Robbie said, it was just a, it, it was, it's a fun watch, like he just said uh, earlier about his re- review of it. And I haven't watched it. Oh man, it's been years since the last time I watched Raiders. I think it's been about two years since I watched uh, Crusade. I think it's been at least like seven to eight years since I've watched Raiders. And so watching it again, I I'm not gonna lie, I watched it this morning because I passed out last night. <laughs> um, and I like to keep it fresh. So that's why I usually wait till the night before. Um, but I passed out, so I watched it this morning when I woke up, and. I just felt like a little kid again. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I woke up, I just turned on my TV, opened up Netflix, started going, and I was like, shit, I love this movie. This is incredible. Like, the acting, I, I, I love the characters, the acting, and the, the strong female leads that they have that you, like, that's another thing that I've noticed with, like, Lucasfilm movies. They tend, they, they do have uh, strong female leads, which I really, really like. Because it's a break from the typical thing from back then. Um, And even now, still, a lot. Um, Marion is one of my favorite characters. Um, And I just love how... I just love the story of it. Um, I love all the, like, the little behind-the-scenes facts. Like, um, because this was back when Kathleen Kennedy was Lucas's assistant, I believe. Yeah. She was She was was an assistant to Spielberg. Yeah, that was yeah, just about yeah, to say. Yeah. I was shocked and when then I saw I that. I also found out, I looked through the uh, IMDb page because I saw that it said second unit director was Michael Moore, and I was like, what? And I looked at the, uh, I opened up the IMDb, it's a different Michael Moore, oh. and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I got really confused. I was like, he's a second unit director for that? What? There However, are... in, the, yeah, in the search for that, though, I came across that Michael Bay was a production intern. Yeah, and he learned jack shit. <laughs> he 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 worked on Raiders, and he thought that the movie was gonna blow. And then, once he finally saw the film, he kind of ate his own words. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, and no, this one was actually really anything rad." Anything is good. Yeah, the, <laughs> this movie just makes me feel like a kid again. I love it. It's just a wild ride. It's so much fun. On um to continue with the other people that were in this film. Uh, the stunt coordinator of the prequel films from Star Wars plays one of the soldiers that Indy tussles with in the in the the truck chase. The one that the one that throws him out the front window. Yeah, that oh, one. Oh, gotcha. okay. Yeah, okay. he was the stunt coordinator of the prequel films. Joe Johnson, who directed uh, Captain America, the first film, and a bunch of other films like October Sky, Jumanji, all that bullshit. He was he he worked at. ILM at the time, including the original Star Wars film, so he was involved in the visual effects department. There's another name that was in the film that I recognized. I was like, oh, yeah, I know who he is. I think um, Alfred Molina is in the cast. Alfred Molina is in the cast, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, he, played, uh, he played uh, Satipo. I'm looking at the... The beginning, the dude who gets, like, who betrays Indy and yeah. then immediately yeah. gets yeeted. Mm-hmm. The, stabbed. There's a dude from the later Harry Potter films, who I can't remember his name, but he's in this film. He plays the uh, captain of the pirate ship that um, 
Indy and Marie smuggle on to. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I can try to find him. I can't remember. I don't remember his character's name in HP. I can't remember the actor's yeah, name either, too. But, yeah. Buddy, what are your thoughts on Vader's? Um, so I think I've come, like, after seeing most of the franchises that I love, just kind of... George Harris, sorry. George Harris, that's right. Um, so, <laughs> so after kind of seeing most of the franchises that I enjoyed as a kid continue on and be, like, kind of, eh, like, I don't know. Star Wars, I've sort of lost interest in over the years. Harry Potter's like, whatever. I like it, but it's, like, not anything useful for me. Marvel, I'm still a fan of, but there's things that, like, I like and don't like from the recent crop. But then, like, I watch Indiana Jones, and I'm just immediately in love with it. Um, I have so many fond memories of watching the original three. I think I've only watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like, once or twice, and that was years ago, so I'm really interested to go back to that and rewatch it, but, man, Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a good fucking movie. Um, it's actually hard to talk for whatever reason, my throat's kind of swelling up, but I'll keep it short and simple. Basically, everything that Robbie and Cameron said, um, more or less the same thing that I feel about it, um... The blocking is amazing. The acting is incredible. Harrison Ford is really charismatic. Karen Allen is incredible as Marion. Um, the Bell, the actor who plays Belloc is Paul Freeman. Paul Freeman is fantastic in it. Um, what else? The cinematography is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's probably up there with all the other films that Spielberg has made that have really good cinematography, especially, like, Minority Report, Schindler's List, Private Ryan, um, there's probably, like, a ton of other films. I mean, all of his films are visually gorgeous, but for yeah. whatever reason, indie especially, those films just I mean, look you get that, freaking that, amazing. That silhouette shot, that sunset oh, silhouette shot. Oh, it was so, the use of oh, shadow so and silhouettes like, in this film is fucking amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Like at the bar when Indy is leaving the bar yeah. when he first meets up with Marion and it just has that shadow around his face with the light hitting oh, his eye. Oh, when oh, I finally oh, discover so the good. elk and they're going in and the shadows are yeah, against the wall. The cave like, stuff is amazing. Yep. It's a beautiful film. The lighting when they first find the Ark, and they're like, mm -hmm. it's just all, like, from the fire sources, and they open up, and then the Ark is just glowing. Ugh. Yeah. And the compositions and are really great, too. The music from John Williams is great. It's incredible. There's so many funny moments in this film. I think the one <laughs> I always laugh at is the fucking... I mean, there's quite a few, but the one that always gets me is when... They're on the boat, and Marion's trying to clean the window off, and he's looking at his wounds in the opposite end of the mirror, and then Marion just, like, flips the mirror, socks Indy in the fucking chin, and he just screams <laughs> out, and he cut back to the ship. Outside the ship, you just hear the scream echo out. Oh my god, that fucking... <laughs> that that gag always kills me, for, what, for whatever reason. It's just such a fucking interesting gag. I've always loved the, um... It's really interesting knowing that in the, um, is it, uh, what was the marketplace action sequence at? Is it, um, Cairo? Cairo, Cairo. thank you. 
uh, and, and Kaigo knowing that Indy was supposed to have this big sword fight with the one goon, and because yes. Harrison Ford got like food poisoning, he, they had yep. to just cut it short. He ends up shooting him after he's like throwing around his sword with these fancy techniques, and he just says, "Ah, fuck it." I believe that was Harrison Ford's recommendation too. Yeah, right? I think it was. Ford does that a lot with his roles. Yeah. I really like that. He's very, he did that he's with very Han collaborative. With the, I love you. I know. He's very collaborative with his roles. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I got. He's a really great actor. It's a shame he just kind of like doesn't give a shit. Or he he gives a he gives the presence that he just doesn't really give a shit to the to all his fans. He's he's <laughs> kind of become Tommy Lee Jones. So just, he's just a freaky <laughs> yeah. old man who just like ah I work, dad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's. But I love him. He's a. Uh, if we're gonna talk about a really good Harrison Ford movie, though, uh, Witness would be a great episode to fucking I review have not on this. Oh, I, I seen it. I remember seeing Witness once in high school, and I just remember loving it. And Indiana Jones was really good in it too, so that might be a episode idea. The the one thing I was really taken aback watching, uh, Vader's is. I mean, I know Spielberg is a master of invisible one-takes, and this movie is chock-full of just amazing one-takes that I'll never... Is it really? Yes. Like, yeah. do you know um, Maria's intro introduction scene at the bar? That's a one-take. Oh my god, yeah. Like, all Spielberg does is he slowly dollies in, and it's just panning back and forth between the two actors as, as they take drinks. Holy shit! It's so smooth that. too. Spielberg God, has Spielberg is incredible. Like I, I love Alfonso Cuarón like flexing type oneers, but I just love Spielberg's oneers are so fucking simple, but they're so effective because they're not showing up. It just feels so natural within the scene. That's why a lot of Spielberg films, to me, come off as plays because it's just the way the actors move around in the scene and the way they they interact with one another. It's so brilliantly done. It's so non-intrusive too, because by having it be these these very intricate wonders, at the same time they're invisible, and so the camera never becomes the central piece. It's always the actors and the characters, which is what it should be first and foremost. And they're never yeah. long either. The, I think the average Spielberg one is like a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. It's just super effective. Which is why, yeah, that's why they go unnoticed a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm. And it's not like it's, you know, Alfonso Cuaron putting a, a rig on top of a car with a, the camera dollying in back and forth looking at all the characters and children and men. It's just something simple as the camera just following actors back and forth, back and forth. Mm. Mm. I'm looking at the, uh, the cinematographer for uh, Raiders, uh, Douglas uh, Slocum. Yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> he passed away in 2016. He was born in 1913. The last sh film he ever shot was in 1989, and it was Last Crusade. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah, he shot all three. I think he, I think he lost his eyesight. I think right after Last Crusade, and that's why he retired. Uh, really? Yeah. He also shot uh, Never Say Never Again, which is 007. Okay, I was gonna say that, that Bond movie. Yeah. Which one is that? The one that had Sean Connery return? That's like kind of an Eon production, but not. Uh, it is, yeah, and it was directed by Irvin Kirshner. That's what I, yeah, okay. Who directed episode five. Because, interesting, because the fourth film has uh, Janusz Kaminski as the DP, and I remember 
they mentioned how Giannis did everything he could to mimic um, Douglas's the, cinematography yeah. to like a to like a T because obviously he's no he's he's not Douglas so you're just like I don't want to put my own style into this like I had with yeah all the other Spielberg films and I really respect that as like a D, mm-hmm. as a DP who just kind of takes his own style yeah. out of it and just kind of services the universe and the story that they're fit mm-hmm. into. The dude lived a long life. 103 years old is insane. Right? Holy shit. Back to Raiders um, for a moment, though. I think something yeah. that Spielberg never really gets enough credit for is that he's never really credited as being a great action director, but he's probably the best director to direct action, period, in my opinion, because the action sequences in this film are so fluid and they're so well thought out and there was so much fun whether like the bow shootout in particular it's just really well mm. choreographed there's no music the entire time either yeah. it's just like or the, the plane fight out. yeah and then of course like the final um not, not the final yeah the final chase sequence with him going on mm-hmm. the jeep and um him going under it's just so well thought out and so much effort's put into it I just I wish Spielberg got more credit for just being an action director because you gotta think like this guy has made films like Jaws, E.T., Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List, and Indian. He's yeah. the most diverse dude to ever work in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He just shits gold. That's why everybody's like trying to be a Spielberg because he's able to kind of go back and forth between genres and just kill it instantly. Yeah, and everybody's just really envious of that talent because they wish they could just like go from making oh an action film to oh a really passionate drama or you know a sci-fi film or like oh a horror film you know. Well, even Martin mm. Scorsese so, has said that he's jealous of how natural Spielberg's walking ability is. Really? Yeah. Damn. That's incre- That's incredible. Um, oh, I got a story. Also... Oh, oh, go right ahead. You go. Nah, you go. You go. You got a story. I got a story to tell you guys. Um, hopefully I can say it coherently because my voice is tensing up. That's why I have a lot of water right now. But So, the gunshot scene. Um, I used to... Well, I, we're still friends, but years ago, um, I had a friend who argued against it. For whatever reason, he just did not like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And he hated that scene for whatever reason, and yeah. I and a bunch of other friends kind of just like. What scene are you talking about? The the one the where sword. He, yeah, with the sword, and he just oh, pulls okay. it out and just shoots him, and he was just kind of arguing how like Indy pulling the gun out is like a, some symbol of like American superiority over like third world countries with like their weapons and and colonization and shit, and and my friends and I were just kind of like. What the no, it's not that deep, dude. <laughs> this we movie were, is so fucking cheesy and it's so full of how cheesy it is. Exactly. Like it's just meant to be like this fun pulp adventure and like I think he, he turned around from it over a couple of years because he's like, Oh no, yeah, I was being fucking dumb, but like oh my goodness, my friends and I were just like rat just like going off on him because we were just like, This is yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> No, that's, yeah, that's somebody looking way too far into it and making up their own, uh, Mm -hmm. just backstories to things. Um, but what I was going to say is, I, uh, another reason I just love the movies so much 
is because it was that golden age of Lucasfilm and ILM where they just masterfully just like the special effects and visual effects in this movie are just like gorgeous to look at like they're not obviously like something like nowadays but they're just like they have that old look but it works you know practical mm-hmm. effects especially like, doing the melting faces yeah. is still horrifying yes that's enough oh, that you just you, you started another uh talking point i had but like i i love like that's why there is nothing as good as like the theatrical cuts of star wars because it's just like you you're not going to get better than those practical uh, effects that you have that they then masked up with all that computer early 2000s bullshit that looks awful. Um, it just that stuff looks so good, and ILM was really truly so innovative. And I mean, they still are today. Like, if you go back and watch, there's this um, series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, and in it, they talk about it's like a series and they talk about different movies along it and how they their production process went they're actually really entertaining like they covered like die hard uh home alone dirty dancing Mm -hmm. and uh one other film that i'm forgetting but there's it's super entertaining and they really go in depth with how the production went and ilm was involved with a few of the movies and just listening to how ilm comes up with these insane ways to do capture this effect whether it's practical or blue screen or what and it's like it's that company is just insane with how they were doing it back in the 70s and 80s and now they're still doing it today even with the mandalorian how the mandalorian shot on an led soundstage i think it's incredible I, i think that type of technology of like you said with the with the led stage where even that sort of concept was goes as far back as like films like Oblivion. With, yeah, um, it's not a new concept, but it's the way that they reworked it. It's really awesome because there's a lot of tech these days where you can work with uh, programs like uh, Unreal Engine or some other computer engine yeah. that can like yeah. show that stuff in real time, mm-hmm. um, and it looks great. Like that shit. You know, technology, especially with real-time engines, have gotten to a point where they look real life, and it's just amazing. Like the lighting and and the and the polygons and all that bullshit um, has gotten to a point where like the backgrounds and everything look so realistic that yeah. you can use those as substitutes to just doing it all in post and having those visual yep. effects. We could just have those sensors, have those backgrounds done on a studio. And the actors will appreciate it more because they're having something to react with. And the lighting will look much more realistic, too, because you're mimicking the lighting of that scenario as well. Yeah. I think the as great as that stuff is, though, I think one of the things that makes Vader so great is everything being shot on location. Yes. I, it's yeah. just oh, like, absolutely. I, I love how um, every single scene is somewhere different. The movie is constantly moving and... You open mm-hmm. up with probably one of the best opening character introductions ever with Indy. Yes. And just going into the temple, getting the, the artifact mm-hmm. and the boulder. And then you go into, like, the, the Cairo marketplace scene. Then you have, like, the bow shootout. I, I, I flipped those. But the movie is constantly moving. And 
once they once the elk falls into the hands of the villains, I I just kind of I forgot I was watching a film. I was just having such a good time watching it, kind of like, yeah. holy shit, this movie is flying by right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, it's it's just under two hours long. Like it's like one hour fifty something. I, I think. think it's like fifty six. And it goes by so quick because I I remember during watching it, I paused it to go fill up my water bottle, and like I paused it and I was like, I'm fucking halfway through it. What? <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> that was just zooming by. I was like, this is great. And um, I'll bring and up then, my one. Oh, sorry, you, you go on. Oh no, no, you you go bring that up. I was just. I, it's not. A I really have two, I guess, issues with the film, and it mm-hmm. actually does involve the pacing of the film. Once the boulder sequence happens, you know, it's absolutely great. When when uh, Indy is with the other men at the college where he teaches, and they're kind of discussing what the plot's gonna be. Not mm-hmm. quite into it that much. I was just kind of like, come on, can we get going? Like, the movie, it, it's not bad. You know, it's still, still the staging is great. The acting is great. It's just, I wanted to move along just a little bit further. And, again, we get to the bow scene and the movie goes. And we get to Cairo. And I wish there was just one small, like, conversation bit before that Cairo market action sequence. It just kind of pops up for me. It's, it doesn't come up as fluid as it could have. I just mm. wish it was just a little bit of a a bit between that. And then mm-hmm. the same thing follows with Indy pointing the rocket launcher at the group. And then we immediately cut to night. And the, the final sequence is happening. I just wish there was like maybe one conversation between those portions just to smooth that out a bit. Because it just feels a little bit yeah. abrupt. I could have used some more meaty conversation with Indy. With Mayor, um, mm. with Karen Allen's character or the the villains. Yeah. Other than that, like though, maybe that's just like, push the runtime to maybe like two hours fifteen. No, not even that. Like two hours and uh, one, two. It, I think it just needed like five extra minutes just to smooth out okay. some stuff. And honestly, like as I'm sitting here thinking, like those are that's my those are the only issues I can think of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so another thing with them shooting in Cairo and also with uh, another appraisal of uh, ILM they uh, one thing that they did which was kind of like a hidden show off thing was you remember when they're first in Cairo and they're on that like rooftop um, mm-hmm. uh, like picnic area yep. when they're first uh, meeting up with Sala yeah um, and there's a shot that then it's like a big like landscape shot of the like the rooftops of Cairo. Mm-hmm. That was an extremely difficult shot because when they shot that, this is being shot in the 80s, but it's supposed to take place in the late oh, 30s, yeah. early 40s. So there were like TV satellites and like power lines and all that shit <laughs> along the landscape of Cairo when they were shooting it. So they had to go in and get rid of each and every power line, uh, like lamppost or uh, TV, like satellite dish, like all that. Every single one of them. And doing that back in 1980, what, 1983? One. I think. One? 1981? Is astonishing. It's crazy. And so, like, I, I, f- I forget when I learned that, like, fact, but, like, that it makes me appreciate that shot more because it is a really gorgeous shot of like 
the whole city like rooftops mm-hmm. but the fact that they made it that shot to show that they had the ability to do that is incredible speaking of the film taking place in 1981 too i kind of forgot how violent this movie was for pg right i was thinking the exact same Damn, thing people were getting shot in the head and all that yeah shit. it's like holy shit and again the face melting is like how many kids did uh-huh. that traumatize like holy yep. shit! And like with uh, with uh, in the beginning with Satipo when he takes the uh, the 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 little the bust idol. guy mm-hmm. idol, yeah, and he runs away, and then Indy finds him. He's stabbed, and it's like through his face, and it's just like Jesus, that is oh that yeah, is it's dark. fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, and then like the the plane action sequence when the big guy gets shredded by the plane it's like uh-huh. how 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 were you guys allowed to get away with this holy shit yeah. like that amount of gore like today is like that'd be rated they didn't up. even do that in the x-men movies like they they made logan rated r so they could do gore <laughs> <laughs> it's like jesus right. christ um i think another reason this movie works so well is we've talked about harrison ford being charismatic and the character himself just being so much fun to watch it's really refreshing to see a hero that's struggling the entire time he's not always on top of things he's not always winning there's typically a moment Mm -hmm. where i think it happens in every single indiana jones movie to where he fights the big guy he gets his ass pummeled for a while but he finally comes back up and takes the day again it's just i love seeing the hero having to really think on his feet and just showing off his wits to wow how he can maneuver certain situations because he isn't the most physically imposing person ever like i said he gets his ass hand to him on multiple occasions the reason this character yeah. works so well is that he's able to think on his feet and make it out of these incredibly uh, difficult and insane situations and you're just like on the edge of your seat with a big smile on your face being like fuck yeah Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. you do it, buddy. Um, I also didn't realize that Lawrence Kasdan helped write Raiders, yeah. and mm-hmm. which makes me love him even more because obvi- he wrote my favorite movie of all time, which is Empire Strikes Back, and he also wrote Return of the Jedi. And I did not know he wrote Raiders in between that. Like that dude, in between 1980 and 1983, wrote Empire, Lost Ark, and Return of the Jedi. Like what? <laughs> only if they could have helped. Only if he could have helped out with Temple of Doom. He he was yeah. going to, and then he was like, "Nah." Mhm. Which is kind of sad because temples, I I guess. I mean, it's not bad, but it's just it had to live up to Raiders. I have never actually watched Temple of Doom all the way through. Really? Yeah. I view temp- I the movie I compare uh, Doom to a lot is um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Like, I think that they are both genuinely good films. They just had to live up to what was their predecessor. I mean, and Dark Knight they Rises has a incredible lot films. of writing issues, though. Yes, yes, it does. But it it's not a terrible film. No, no, I still like the movie, but it's like no yeah. one was like. Ah, plot holes, fuck it. Mm-hmm. But they kind of got screwed over, you know, with the death of... Yeah, yeah, they did. The Fletcher, yeah. But still, like, uh, that, that's another topic for another day, but... Do we, yeah. we want to do final thoughts, or are we just going to make this really um, short? 
I felt like I had one more thing to say, but I can't remember. And it's bugging the shit out of me. I had like one fun. Oh, uh, now nah, we already kind of talked about it. The harsh um, imagery that they used. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, yeah. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first just yeah. because my voice hurts and I'll just give you my final thoughts. But um, very good. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Indiana Jones. I love this franchise. This is the only franchise that I will ever simp to. Um, I give it a solid... <laughs> Uh, 9 out of 10. I love this film. Alright. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah, I am obsessed with Indiana Jones. I It comes from my favorite era of Lucasfilm. Uh, I think it, it's honestly my favorite era of films in general, kind of. Um, I, uh, I love the acting. I love the directing. I love the story being told. It just feels so good. I love the way it looks. It's shot so well. The uh, visual effects are so just pleasingly practical. Mm -hmm. um, and I I think I have to give it a 9.3. Okay. Um, I think the biggest compliment you can give a film is when the moment it ends, a couple of days later, I want it to be watched again. Because mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. I just wanted to be swept up in this again. It's I mean I don't think it's insulting to call this movie dumb because it, it is dumb to extend its self-aware, pulpy fun that doesn't take itself too seriously, knows exactly what it is, and doesn't try to be anything deeper, or anything more intricate, or or anything like how Bodie's friend was trying to make it out to be, uh, supposedly. But I mean this Vader still. I, I recognize Raiders as being one of Spielberg's best movies in, as far as the impact it's had on pop culture and filmmaking in general. It's still mm -hmm. not one of my favorite Spielberg films. I think I still prefer Last Crusade. Um, again, it's been years since I've seen these films, but I honestly went into Raiders thinking I wasn't going to like it just because of my history with it. But I, I yeah. the moment it ended, I was like, fuck. That was good. Um, I think Vader's yeah. a solid 8.5 out of 10 for me. 8.5? Yeah. That puts it at an average of... 8.93. Yes, sir. Um, I also am still just kind of peeking through its IMDb. I know we just did our final thoughts. It won four Oscars. I did not know that. Yep. It won Best Art Direction, Best Sound, Best Editing, and Best Effects. And it was nominated it, for... Best Picture yep. and Best Director and all that, too. Yeah, huh? Best Director, Best Picture, Best Cinematography, and Best Score. 1981. What 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 year was that? What, what won that year? I think Chariots of Fire won. I think you're right. Best I Picture. Was Chariots of Fire. And then, I think in that same year, Warren Beatty won for Directing? Hold on, not, I have it. I not have for it up Chariots, right now. Best Director, think. yes, for Reds. Reds, okay. Warren Beatty one for Reds. Um, best effects, best film editing, best one film, best makeup. Fuck, where is it? Best music, best, best best picture was Chariots of Fire. Okay. I have not seen Chariots of Fire, so I can't say if it deserves it or not. Yeah, it was in the. It was Chariots of Fire on Golden Pond, Reds, Atlantic City, and Raiders. 
it's, it's really surprising this movie again like obviously it's such a milestone in filmmaking but it is surprising that it got a best picture nomination mm-hmm, I right I, I just i never knew that that's actually because like vader i don't seems know like I, a film that would have been nominated for best picture if there was like up to 10 nominees allowed yeah, like I feel like if it was made nowadays, I feel like it would be one of those that just gets shoved under the rug because it's not true. I don't know some I, bullshit like that. Yeah, right. you know. So that's it. I didn't know that it was um, nominated and won all of those, but yeah. So it is a bit of a short episode. Um, let it be known. It actually went a kind of a bit longer than I thought it would go. What's up? I said, let it be known we scored uncut gems higher than Raiders of the Lost Ark. We did. <laughs> we did. Um, do you have a? Do you have a log of all of our scores? Yep. Oh, cool. What <laughs> nice. was the average for uncut gems? Uncut gems was a nine point four six. Nine point four six. Interesting. It's gonna what did I give it individually? Did you keep those you down? You gave it a nine point five. Damn, really? I gave that a 9.5 and I gave Raiders a 9.3. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a 10 for you. No, I mean, you can't give anything a 10 because 10 means there's literally nothing better than that. I mean, like, I, I'm, 10 is I mean think I've it's given the perfect like, picture. I think I've given like 15 10 out of 10s in my life. But you're, you're too, you give out too many 10 out of 10s. Well, not really. You're saying that a 10 out of 10 is perfect. There is nothing wrong with it in no. any fashion whatsoever. That's not the way I score 10 out of 10s. But that's what a 10 out of 10 is. A it ten means it's perfect. A 10 out of 10 to me is... Because every single movie is flawed. You can nitpick every single movie that's ever existed. I can nitpick Empire Strikes Back. I can nitpick The Godfather. But ultimately it comes down to... Do the positives outweigh those negatives, and how do the positives impact you as a person? And when I give a film, to me, it's like it 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 does something to me that no film can do, that so many limited amount of films can do to me. Cause like there are film critics that drive me insane. They they give out like four or five or six perfect scores a year, and I I'm I'm firmly against that. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I see what you're saying, but to me, it's like, if you give it 10 out of 10, it's just like, it sets an unnecessarily high standard for something, because if I'm told this movie or this game is a 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, like 5 stars, I'm going into it expecting it is going to be one of the best things I have ever seen. But it all and comes down to there's almost no opinion, flaws. Though. Exactly, so yes, flaws it does, but that's with everything. people differently. Yeah, but I feel like 10 out of 10s, meaning it's it's the gold standard of any film. And I can't really get behind that. So it's like, it means that there's nothing better, but there's always going to be something better, you know? I'm, so, I'm curious, how many films would you give a 10 out of 10 to? How many films would I give a 10 out of 10? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would give any films a 10 out of 10. I think I'd have like a few nine nines. <laughs> mm. I don't. I don't think I could actually give a film a ten out of ten. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to I, think too of like like the highest rated film. I think I could the the, the in my opinion. 
Um, honestly, it would have to be Empire for me. Empire Strikes Back. To me, everything about that movie just is incredible. Uh, I'm assuming we're probably going to do an, a review on Star Wars, um, almost all of them or all of them at some point, so I'm not going to say what I think it is, but it is in the high nights. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mm. But in my opinion, that is my favorite movie. It, to me, it's the best movie made that I've seen. Yeah, so, I don't know, that episode didn't actually turn out to be so short, this episode, so we're at around 40-ish minutes, so uh, I think we're all wrapped up now, so uh, thank you for listening. Um, what's what's next week? What are we doing next week? Um, well, according to you, you're not going to be around next week. Oh, right, I'm not going to be in the next episode, yes. I am going to be at a cabin in Massachusetts for a week. On a lake. Wow. Better send a picture to us so we can fucking destroy you. I Make fun of you. Send a picture. And Please we'll, do. I'll, you know, in the in the YouTube uh, upload of this uh, of that episode, you can put a picture. You can, <laughs> we can put that picture in that edit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, this one was actually pretty fun. I had a good time. The, the, uh, the one film we will be talking about, though, is The Five Bloods. Yep. We're yep. hoping... I th- we, we have a guest coming next week. Um, hopefully that goes through. If not, it'll probably just be Robbie and I talk about The Five Bloods. But we have someone that's going to be coming on to in place of Cameron next week. So we'll still have a three-way discussion about... Spike Lee's newest film that's on Netflix right now. And um, yeah, we'll catch you guys very soon. Peace out.